Yakin. Devam et Hayim Sam. My voice went a bit there. Hello and welcome everyone to the Stick Sports Podcast. I'm Luke Eggersay and this week I am with Josie. Yo. And I'm also with F1. How are you? So yeah, we're going to start off our proceedings by talking about the England versus Pakistan one day series. The actual one day internationals and now they're moving on to the T20s. The last one of which was played today, Friday the 25th of February. What are your thoughts on the series? I'd like to see Kevin Peterson return to form, finally. It's taken him three years to find it, but uh, back-to-back centuries. Um, the first century was a bit lucky. The second one was really good, though. That was Kevin Peterson in his prime. So, delightful to see that. And Alistair Cook's proven all the critics wrong. He's uh, a fully-fledged one-day player. I reckon, actually, we might see his test game suffer, though. Um, because he's got so much focus now being a one-day captain, whereas when he was scoring the gazillion runs that he had last year, he wasn't playing one-day cricket, so uh, maybe he will suffer as a result because his test form will dip. Yeah. I just like to attach himself onto that because, I mean, every time we've seen Alistair Cook struggles when he has been playing in the one-day format. And I know, I, I, I can, especially if we ever see a series where England played one day before the test, should that happen, I think Alistair Cook will definitely struggle come the test game. But I, I think it could it could definitely be an issue going to the last couple of tests in the series that Alistair Cook is already concentrating on the one days because he's the captain in that format. So it could be reversed Owen Morgan, you think? Where Owen Morgan's like so good at one day but struggles in test cricket. Do you think it could be well, like that's that? That's a theory, isn't it? Yeah. Um, he's not even done that well at the one day series, has he? Owen Morgan has been pretty appalling. Even, I think he's had like one in England with like 24 knots out in the third one day and he's dropped twice or something like that, so... Well, haven't they changed his position? They've changed his position now, haven't they? Have they? Well, I think he's... Well, normally he bats at five, but they've popped him up to four because Bopara was injured. No, they um they propped him up to... In the third uh, game, they propped him up to third. Uh, third. Oh, yeah. I, as I said, that was because just to give him some time in the middle, that's where he got his 24 and on out or whatever it was. When he yeah, got apparently if he... Um, apparently now, I remember reading somewhere that if Cook gets out first on the one-day game, they, they're going to promote Morgan up um, just so they can have uh, two, well, they can have a lefty and a right-handed batsman in there at the same time. Well, well, that's good, actually. That's good. That's no, one I... of the good things about England cricket at the moment is that they're very, they're making sensible selections. The selectors have been doing a good job. They've been giving players fair chances. They've been doing things like that, you know, mixing things up, making it part of the opposition. Uh, I think uh, it's a long way away, yeah, but I think we've got a good shout at the World Cup. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say that we've got the bones of something good. We're not there yet, but... Read. No, but I think it's time, I think it's time for Morgan to be dropped. I mean, we've seen, a lot, we've seen better batsmen being dropped in order to find form. And it's certainly not the end of Morgan in, in the test stage. Maybe not even... Sorry, in the international stage. Maybe not even in the test stage. But he definitely needs to go back, at least to the training ground, go back to England, work on his form and try to get back into it. Because at the moment... He's getting low runs, that's damaging his confidence, and without confidence he's not going to score any anyway. I mean, he's never been a technically brilliant batsman, he's always been relying on his brilliant timing, and uh, his, obviously confidence plays a big part in that, so he just needs to go back and work on himself. He could have both power on the side again, actually, um, just for, more from a bowling perspective, I think, just having that fifth sort of part-time where he can turn a few over. Uh, otherwise we'll be relying on Trotz and Peterson, who are not the highest quality of bowlers in the world. <laughs> 
I said, I still don't think Papar is a test batsman. If more, I mean, he's been next in line for so long, and you've a couple of good young lads coming through. I think James Taylor should get get ahead of him. Yes, James Taylor's the one I've been chatting for a while. Well, yeah. This is what me and Shawnee said the other week. Oh, he said to Shawnee the other week. If we have an injury uh, now, in our test squad at the moment, we only have Papar to fall back on. I was going to say, are there many people coming up? I think he said James Taylor as well. But are there many other people other than Papar and Taylor, or? Is our strict, is our I guess Butler and Besto to some degree, but they're, yeah, they're very playing much... very well in the one day series. Sorry, in the, um, been playing very well recently. I'm not sure he's ready for Test cricket yet. But no, certainly he will, he will play future. at one point, but not yet. He's certainly, he's certainly a prospect, and I think if you do end up having a couple of injuries, he's worth putting in the squad to gather gain some experience. But mm. have to be looking for three injuries down the line in the batting order. He had a big day today for England in the batting. Exactly. 60, yeah. not eight, 60, was it? I think. Yeah, yes, yes, it's about 60, which more or less won England the game. So, we, England may or may not win the in the, uh, uh, the 2020 series, but I think they, they were a bit unlucky not to win the first one, and the second one they more or less counted home. So, either we shall, say, we shall either say, well done to England for losing the series, bad luck England, they were so close to winning the series. Oh, England got destroyed in the third match. That's such a shame. So, put, insert whichever one is appropriate. <laughs> no time this is released. <laughs> Although, I, th- I think the most promising thing of this one day in 2020 series is, is um, has been Stephen Finn. I mean, he's been taking a lot yes. of wickets. Yeah. His problem has always been, since he's been the test squad, that he's been struggling to keep the run rate down. I mean, he's always been a strike bowler. I think the, prom- the promising thing's been in the one day international he's been going for less. He's probably been the most economical bowler England have had. Yeah, yes, absolutely. I, I think, think he's certainly... Were, his worst figures were two for 41 or something like that. Yeah, I, think he's cer- I think he's certainly yeah, uh, a good prospect of playing in for Sri Lanka. But he yes, had multiple wickets in each, each innings. He had multiple wickets. We have such a dearth of bowling in, in England, the England squad at the moment. If anything, it's just the batting that keeps letting us down. It's not the bowling. Yeah, I mean, we've got... If you look at um, our test side, we've got a almost completely different bowling, like a, a large proportion of our bowling like it was different when we come to the one days and the uh, 2020s. We have Finn Danbach and Samit Patel all bowling, with Broad and Swan being the only real permanent first-team test players in the side. I mean, there's no Anderson, no Tremlett or anything like that. What's Anderson, like third in the world in test cricket? And not even getting a look in at the one day cricket at the moment. That's first reserve, that's where he's at the moment. That's, yeah. That's how good the England bowlers are. I say England's second 11 bowling side I could still be a world beating squad. If you assumed um, Breslin was first choice ahead of Finn at the moment, then yeah, you'd have a, a, world, a world bowling side of Finn, Tremlett, Panasar, and Onions, maybe, I suppose. That's, yeah. I, I think any even Dernbach. 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 Or even Sam Capella, I don't rate Dernback that much, but that, that's no. outside. He's a bit of a one trick pony, that's his problem. Shazad, Shazad, even. Shazad, Shazad, maybe, yes. Well, there you go, exactly. But such a selection. Whereas with the batting, it's it's a bit sort of bow power, and then there's a massive black hole behind it of nothingness. Yeah. Although, I, I know this question's been thrown up a lot, but is the time for England to play five in test matches? I think it's time for him to play four in Bresnan. Bresnan if, you, if you have Bresnan, and that's what Greg, Andy Flower was saying, you can play five. Because See, this, is the thing, this, this is the thing with um, 
England though, isn't it? They could drop someone easily, and they've got Bresnan, Swan, and Broad, who can all have proven yeah, get fifties. Or even uh, got and they've all, they've all, I think they all got more runs than Morgan did in the Test series. Obviously, yeah. Bresnan because yeah. he didn't play, but drop Morgan, bring in a bowler. I mean, between, the, between the three of them, they're going to get more than an, an ex, than one batsman will. So, yeah, yeah. It, I, I can understand the reasoning if you're four, but if you four tailenders, but realistically, England have two tailenders. Yeah, if even if even only one. I mean, Anderson, let's be fair, isn't great. But he's a good. Anderson, I, he's he's, he's not good. He's good for number eleven, but he's still not. He's not. A, he's not yeah. going to get many runs. But you know, like nobody else on the team is really a tailender if you have a full squad out. Even Monty's not too shabby these days. He gets these. Uh, I mean, okay, he's a tail ender, but for a tail ender, he doesn't do too badly. Sorry. Yeah. Well, Monty just came back and proved he could do it at the test level still. I mean, the yeah, he took a couple of fives, didn't he? Yeah, bowls. Uh, Swan. That's it. Swan, Swan's, Swan's trick is getting rid of left handers. And when you have 11 batsmen in front of you and only one of them is left hander, he was always going to struggle. He's had a bit of an ordinary series for him, actually. But yeah, that's, again, that's because he's had to fight. He's been bowling against a lot of right-handers. But isn't he another one who's got to worry about like different commitments as well? He's on. He's got the twenty twenty captain. That he's got a kind of steering. Broad. 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 Is it broad? I thought yeah. it was, oh, what a swan! Which is a farce. Oh. That's just them trying to uh, breed their next captain, basically. So it's a toss-up between Broad and Cook as to who's going to be captain. I reckon. Well, I, think I can't see. I can't see England bring it. Uh, bringing in a bowler as, as test captain. Yes. Cook is absolutely. I think, yeah. I think it's. Too, I think it's too new. A, too new a concept for England to try out. They're too conservative still. Because the only time we've ever recently tried it is in the last like decade or so. It was a uh, flintoff, which went very badly. And even he was not rounder. Yes, exactly. Uh, bowlers, I think, generally don't make good captains. Uh, you need someone a little more. Uh, outside the bowler's mind, almost. Yeah, I think you need somebody. I think the problem with the bowler is if if you're in trouble, they're going to be biased as to who they bowl. They could just go, "Oh, we need a wicket. I'll bowl myself or bowl themselves too long." Whereas a captain standing outside of it, he knows where the field. Obviously, the bowler consults with the field, but the batsman knows. The captain's meant to know where the field is. Whereas if you're bowling in bowling, you're going to set something too aggressive. Um, if you're bowling, you can get you can get a bit of tunnel vision. You can get too focused on your batsman exactly. around you. So if you have a captain doing that, well, that's a nightmare. So Is there no... Yes. Are there any bowling captains currently out there in the test side? The Tories, although he's retired now, hasn't he? He's not captain. Not anymore, no. Um, I don't think so. Which, uh, again, that, says, that proves our point exactly. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think bowlers have a temperament for captaincy as well. Which is why it's all the more hilarious that they gave it to Bruce. It's 2021, anyway. <laughs> I, I think Anderson would be a decent captain if they if they were stuck. But he's a very grumpy bowler, though. Yeah, yeah, but I, I, I think he's intelligent enough to be able to handle Brad. that. I don't know. Well, I don't think. I don't know. I think. I think Swan is probably next in line after Broad, so because he captained a couple of a couple of play games when Broad was out injured. So. Uh... Oh, so that's probably why I thought he was captain. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but. Yeah, yeah, good series. Um, England trounced the Pakistan in the one-day series. I mean, won every just, game. Just getting back to that, I think Ian Bell, along with Morgan, I think he needs to go back and work on his form as well. Uh, he he had a very poor 
That's Bell down to a T, isn't it? That's what Bell does. He comes, he comes in, does bad, goes away, does good, and goes bad again. What was his average last season? I mean, last year he got loads of runs. He was scoring by the bucket loads. That's the thing. That's the thing. Like we all know, he has the ability, so we need to let him refine his form, okay. and then he'll I be think back. He just could, a ton he I think the most important. I think the most important thing is they're playing Sri Lanka now, and I think they can poss- probably win that without without Ian Bell on the side. I'll be honest. Um, but South Africa, they need everybody in the form if they want to beat South Africa and retain their one day ranking at the end of the summer. Sorry, their number one test ranking, not one day ranking. I, th- I think that's the crucial series, and I think they have to build towards that series. And the best way to do that is to drop drop Bell, let him find form. Even if that means keep Morgan in there. Um, even even if you want to bring up uh, and then even if you want to drop him, bring in Ryan Taylor, give him, give him the nod. Because I mean, Sri Lanka haven't been in great knock. You can probably beat them without a hundred percent squad out. So I, I, I think it's, I think it's just worth, worth the attempt just to get him into form. Comparing England at the moment, uh, saying they shouldn't avo- try to avoid the mistake that. Australia made. I mean, Australia was we mentioned before many times. They're kind of struggling at the moment with their batsmen. They're not sure what to do. Should England try to bleed in new batsmen now before the old guards volume short while the old guard go out, or should they? I think the England batting batting lineup still young enough for the moment. Yeah, I can't think of even the oldest ones. Probably Strauss is probably mid thirties at best. I think they've all got at least five years on them in that squad. Well, no, I think I think Strauss will be gone. I think Strauss will be gone by the next World Cup. I think that's why they they uh, blooded a new captain in both one day and T uh, Twenty, but yeah. at the same at, at the same at the same time, Strauss is the only one you can realistically see going going, unless one of the pace bowlers picks up an injury. I mean, and- Anderson's what twenty nine. It's always it's conceivable that the next couple of years he might, I don't know, lose form. Like we've seen pace bowlers a lot that once they reach their uh, early thirties, they can have a bit of a slump. But I mean, I rest of I don't think bowlers at any point are going to be. As I said, so we've got so many bowlers at the moment. Exactly, it's not, it's not going to be a problem. Anything, we might be a spin bowler or two, dry. But I mean, the only, like you, you go up and down the order. I mean, Peterson maybe uh, Peterson be next next in line, probably behind Strauss. But Cook's still young, Bell's young, Trot Trot's was late twenties. He's again, he's not about five years left. He's at least five years left. And same Fire's with Bell, fine. same with Morgan. Fryer's pretty young. Is he? Yeah, okay. I'll, 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 I'll have a look. I think prior so prior is late twenties as well. But. Late twenties to early thirties is about where I think the squad is roughly. And then you've got a couple of youngsters knocking on the door as they should do. That's good. Uh, England squad is balanced. I, I, I think it's still things enough coming through because you look at the bowlers. There's a lot of very young bowlers coming through. Yeah. Um, and you, you look you look at the batsmen like you've got James Taylor, you've got Bear, uh, you've got Johnny Bairstow. They're all young. You don't need to blood him yet. I think there's enough life left in the side. Give it maybe two years, and he can bring in James Taylor in the odd game to give um, to give him a bit of experience. But until then, I think for the next two years, England are set in terms of yeah. their squad, Unless, uh, barring major injury injury worries. But well, we said a lot about um, England. What do you think about Pakistan this series? Is it, it, it could, uh, they've been almost a completely different side than the one in the Test game. I think it shows maybe the, the Test plan and how they bat in the Test has been a lot different. Well, a lot of, an interesting point I keep hearing on TLS when I've listened to it is that because of the nature of one-day cricket, uh, they keep sending the field back, 
Whereas in Test cricket, you know, you had like half a dozen men around the bats, all lots of pressure on England. That's probably why they collapsed. Whereas Mishpah seems to have been very negative with his field setting. So immediately long on the long off their back, the field spread out. There's no pressure on the English batsmen, so they can make a mistake or indeed get have time to settle in. And I think that might be one of the main contributing factors why uh, England have gone on to dominate this one-day series. Although I think some batsmen finally found a compo- composure. I mean, Alistair Cook, two centuries in the one-day series, was it? Yep, and uh, um, an 80 as well. Right? And, yes, and an 80. I think he finally found his composure. I mean, he, we all know he's capable of doing that, even with the pressure on him. He's a man. He's cool as he wants. He's not gonna, he doesn't feel the pressure. Um, same with Peterson. I think they just all peaked in the one-day series as opposed to in the tests. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if preparations do some with, with us, but I, th- I, don't, I don't think they were quite ready for the test series when it came along. Uh, and once you're under, under, yeah. yeah, and once you're under the cosh, you're one little down and you're struggling the second test. I think you're... Uh, uh, I think that's a very difficult situation to turn around. I think the fact that there was a new start for England kind of gave them the opportunity to build again from from a start. I think they finally, sh- I think they showed the sides they're capable of being. I mean, I think if they played like that. They would have won the Test series as well. But yes. they they weren't a shadow. They weren't a shadow of the team we know they can be in that Test series. Lots of uh, lot of very uh, well. I think again the batting order us down. I thought the bowlers. Yeah. Uh, I've heard a quote from the second test that the bowlers bowled well and the bowlers batted well. But yeah. that was about it. That was the problem. Whereas now the bats, they say Cook's found form, now Peterson's found form. I don't know if Trot got any runs. But Trot got a few in the final one there, actually. But it didn't matter because Cook and Peterson were smashing Pakistan out of the park. And that's all it needs. You only need one batsman to find a, a massive century to make a difference. Yeah. But the thing as well is, like, you look at, like, Ashmal took a serious amount of wickets. I think England. We're going in menta- with the mentality that the spin was going to dominate, and as soon as the spinner, ca- sorry, the spinner came on, they were going to uh, just hit hit reverse and started playing stupid shots. It's all well and good blocking them out, but if you get if you get a bad ball and you play a silly shot to it, it's uh, all your all your hard work's been undone. Yeah. All times of tears, I. Yeah. Um, well, I think pretty much just sums up the Pakistan versus England one day series quite well. Actually, um, we want to move on quickly to Ireland versus Kenya. I mean, Ireland announced plans recently that they they're going to try and become a test nation by 2020. And they're going to apply for it in 2015, I think. Yes. If I read the, if I read the article properly, they're currently playing Kenya. Solidly beat them. They lost the first one day international, but since then they've swept them in the. 2020 series and beat them in the other international. A very unusual sport. Well, they call it the Intercontinental uh, Championship, which is just like four-day cricket. But uh, all all four innings have been played within two days in that the match between Ireland and Kenya. And two Ireland bowlers were the only two to get wickets. So there you go. That was a, a quirk. I've just seen that. Yeah. Yeah, that was a bonkers. That was a bonkers game. Right at the end of the first day, you got like 15 wickets had fallen. If that had been, hold on, in, score, in, hold on show me the uh, scorecard. Yes, it was insane. If that had happened in England, I should add, um, then the pitch would have been investigated. It's more, it's more than oh, I don't know what it is. More than 12 wickets fall in one day or something like that. Which, which game? Which one match was this? Because it the it's a four-day match. Four day match? The really Inter- Intercontinental Cup or ICC Cup or something like that. I don't know the exact name of it. 
And I keep on tabs with it because Scotland are in the middle of it as well, so. Um. Does not have it here. Hang on, I'll find it. I've got a little bit smile music. This is the qualifier for the World Cup? No, it's not no, the qualifier. No, no, it's the four day competi competition. So it's the. Yeah, the Intercontinental te uh, Cup is just for any non test playing nation. So they can play a longer format. He does not have these results on there. So he should have the results. I'll just find them, hang on. That's just BBC, stupid. Ah, is he on the BBC, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's why, yeah. Um, I. I've got it here, I think. Van der Moer and Dockerel, yeah. Those are the two, the two spinners. I'll tell you something, Dockerel looks a fantastic bowler. Yes, Dockerel. Well, Dockerel said uh, something along the lines of if he if he had meant playing if he meant playing for England to get play Test cricket, then he would. Which um, yeah. So that says, but but if Ireland gets uh, Test status, then that doesn't matter because he'll be playing Test cricket anyway. So. Well, the, the problem Ireland still faces is that they don't have an FC competition. So yeah, first class competition in Ireland. Yeah, they have to get that set up before they actually went through with being a Test nation. But would it? What would you think would happen to players like Owen Morgan? Would Owen Morgan then? Owen Morgan wouldn't transfer back. I don't think. I don't think we see somebody transfer back. I think we see just just we. I, I I don't think I think it would quell the flow, of Irish players playing for England, but yeah. I don't think Owen Morgan will come back. We might we might see more um, players that are entitled to play for Ireland in England, so that are just off the squad. So very There's high county game. I think they might play for Ireland. If There's they quite were a lot in the county game anyway, isn't there? It's quite, it's quite a number, but I, 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 um, there's a couple of players who are um, eligible to play for uh, to play for Ireland, but they don't, despite, um, simply because of the fact there's no test cricket, and if, if, they, if they do see a couple of, uh, obviously a good few injuries in England, they have a chance of getting a, um, getting some form, form of cap. Whereas if Ireland had the um, test stages, I think they would declare for them, simply because they get the ultimate prize of playing test cricket. Yes. Okay. But I think the, the only viable solution for Ireland to get Test cricket is if we see if they make a Leinster team, like a Leinster, Munster, and Ulster team, and enter those in the English first-class competition. I think that's the only solution that Ireland ha could well, have. They've got the time, so they've given themselves till 2020, and I think that's a reasonable time. They've currently got what was it, 23 um, officially contracted cricket players, where Scotland. In comparison, the next one up is Scotland, and we have six. So they're doing; they're on the right path, and if they keep going up with the number of contracted players at that level, there's no reason why they couldn't have enough for a, a full-time, uh, a first-class series. Well, I do agree with the, the problem is there's just enough. There's not enough cricket players here to make numbers, and there's not the infrastructure that cricket needs. So we we don't have big grounds in Ireland, and all obviously most of the players aren't professionals, so they wouldn't be able to give up four days every week to play cricket in the summer. Yeah. I'm talking about the players, because they say if you've got 23 players just now that are professional, are full-time professional players, and have got contracts, then... So they're, they're all playing in England, is the problem. Yes. Well, so if you, you, it, imagine, let's imagine you get double that number, then, so you've got some sort of 40-odd. Then is there not a way to bring in, like, three franchises or something like that by 2015? It's, it's possible, but the, you couldn't have it within Ireland, is, is what I'm saying. The scale, we don't have to scale to host our own first-class competition. Are you building any new uh, stadiums or anything? Or it's just not hard. You realise Ireland is horribly bankrupt, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> no, like, as, like, 
we we can probably double the number. I'd say they can double the number in eight years' time to forty six players. Yeah. At the same time, that's enough for three squads. Yeah, three yeah. Teams, I think like, in a triangular series isn't big isn't a big enough to hold a com- host a competition. Unless you go, okay, we'll play it over four weeks, and everybody plays it at once. But the, the only conceivable way is to start off with at least, unless our cricket becomes suddenly a massive sport in Ireland, is to enter the English uh, competition. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Say that I don't think they have the infrastructure to support it. No, the interest. I mean, isn't like football not even that followed? And it's like the fourth biggest game. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, you look at an, look at an, at an um, electricity league game here, and you might have four thousand fans of it. Yeah, it's like the conference um, football over here. And you, you look at the Leinster First Division game um, over here, you might get maybe 100 people watching. That's not that, that's just not enough. I mean, if you had the Leinster team that played against the English side, that'd be all the clubs kind of feeding into one system. It'd be the same way, you have, the same way you have it with rugby over here. Um, so it'd be basically a representative side who plays in England. Um, and then obviously you might develop a bit of interest. I mean, if you got four thousand people who'd be regularly going to matches, I think that I think that's enough to kind of you'd be able to like to be able to set up a team. You'd, ha- you'd have the you'd have the basis of a fan. You'd be able to run at some kind of profit. And I, th- I think that's what what Ireland needs. They need to kind of the teams have to come together, develop a fan base. Otherwise, it's just you, you can't. Um, you, you can't kind of, you can't justify having a team in otherwise. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I probably agree. I think if there isn't the infrastructure in the Irish game at all. I don't think there's, there's too many bigger sports on it in Ireland for it to actually support its own SC system. I mean, I know the countries like Afghanistan. No, sorry, not Afghanistan. Uh, countries like Bangladesh and Zimbabwe have managed to do it. I think if they were to make any leeway, it would be to try and set up, uh, as you said, representative sides in the. English game at the moment that's probably their best chance but I, I think 2020 maybe it might be a bit soon to get all that set up and have everything approved but I think if they continue with their achievements in the one day game specifically when they get to the World Cups if they continue to beat a few of the biggest sides and uh, maybe boost their rankings up above one of the current uh, nations who are currently playing like a Bangladesh or Zimbabwe who are both test sides um Zimbabwe ridiculously and the same for Bangladesh um, if they manage to boost their ratings above them I think they have got every chance of the ICC then turning around saying okay we could make you a fully fledged test side um, but yeah just do this first I think maybe 2020 is a bit soon maybe the World Cup after maybe 2024 whatever whatever year it is, it's going to be but, uh, no, I, I just, I just think that the mentality here is slightly wrong. I mean, it's the same. With, I mean, I play a lot of hockey, and I think the mentality there is the same. It's not like in England where you go, oh yeah, football and cricket are spectator sports. Here, it's you play, you play cricket, but you wouldn't go to watch a match unless, like, unless your friends playing this or your family playing this, you're not going to go and watch a game. Yeah, it's very much a family sport as opposed to kind of seen as, oh, well, I'll go watch a match of cricket. I'm going to go support. Well, yeah, I, I generally think if they want to get anything, they've got to go that route. But at the moment, it's probably a bit, a bit, a bit too much to ask for them in, in a short period of time to get everything set up. Um, I don't know when to move on to next. Do uh, any significance of the matches being played or 
Um, apparently, Newbury Girl, a former member, is playing a game of cricket. So, yeah, that's good. Oh, uh, yeah, Newbury Girl was a member, uh, it was a member, the, an old member of the Sticks Forums when they were in the original site. Now plays international women's cricket for New Zealand. Not too bad. She got. Oh, no, she was out for a, a duck in the first 2020 match. She. Oh, she's rubbish. Come back to the forum then. She got out for one run in the second 2020 match, but she did manage so to take average half a run. Take another wicket in the third game the other day, and managed to get 19. So not too bad, but England are clearly the dominant side. It's also women's cricket, so 80 runs would be par for them. <sighs> Somehow I knew there was going to be some sexist comment coming from Yak in there. It's not a sexist comment, it's a fact that women's cricket is not the same standard as men's cricket. It's a different game. It's the same sort of, it's the same, actually, it's the sort of cricket that you find at an associate's county level. It's, a sort of, it's the same sort of standard of cricket I see in Scotland, if I'm honest. But it's just played internationally, rather, as opposed to in Scotland. And that's not me trying to be critical of me sexist or anything. It's just that women's cricket is still developing as a sport. So it's still in its infancy in quality, I suppose. I, mean, I know the England side is fantastic. I don't know if there are many other sides that are that good. I think Australia's alright and India's okay. I think even Sri Lanka have done quite well recently. But it's it's developing, it's still developing. So you know, well done for them and hopefully women's cricket will improve as the years go on. Yeah, okay. Um well I think that sums up the cricket part of the podcast as we usually do every time we come on to this. Next though, do you want to move on to either the boxing incident? Or yeah, may as well. Drop the box, anyway. Yeah, the laptop's being really loud now. Suddenly, imagine having a loud laptop. That would be ridiculous. Imagine someone having a laptop that's really loud. I know that would take off in space. I'd be, I'd be extremely offended by any person who even suggests such a theory. (laughs) But yeah, um, British boxing has been thrown in disrepute thanks to the actions okay. of Derek Chisora. Um, is that right, Derek Chisora? Yeah. Chisora, Chisora. Chisora. Derek Chisora and David Hay. Being Muppets, basically. Chisora and was it Vladimir? No, Yeah, the post-match conference between Hay, uh, between British boxing has been torn in dispute once again thanks to the actions of Derek Chisora and David Hay in the post-fight press conference um, that was covering that was for Chisora's fight against Vitaly Klitschko. Um, Hay and Chisora called each other out, ended up scrapping into the in, in the crowd, as you could call it, throwing stuff. Um, the trainers were hurt, threats were made, and both look like they're going to get banned. Well, Chisora's going to get banned. Hay is technically retired, so he won't he won't see any punishment other than a ban if he was to ever try and come back. So, yeah, not a good time for both of those and not a good time for British boxing at all, especially when we've got a young heavyweight who's coming up in Tyson Fury, who a lot of people predict is the next big thing for us in the heavyweight division. Probably not going to have the greatest amount of luck trying to secure a big fight anytime soon against one of the Klitschko brothers. What are your thoughts on the incident that happened? 
I, I think the main problem is, I mean, Derek Chisora showed in the fight that he's a good boxer. He's, the fr- he's only the third person to go the full 12 rounds with Vitaly Slitschko. Why is he acting up like that if he's showing he's a good fighter? I mean, Vitaly said himself, as a fighter, he's a great man, but as a human being, he's worthless. Just, I don't know, it's such a, such a shame that they're both very talented boxers, and, you know, maybe not so much Chisora, but when, when Hay talks to the media and stuff, he's very civilised and very polite and very eloquent. And they feel that the only way they can make a mark in boxing is by being egotistical idiots. And that's, that's as a, the Klitschko are absolutely right, it's a stain on boxing. And, um, I mean, I, I, know it, I know it has its part, I mean, trying to make a spectacle so people watch it so you get a bigger part, purse. But it's going too far. And I mean, I even said this back when David Hay was fighting to, uh, against Klitschko, um, against Vladimir Klitschko. When he had the uh, T-shirt on, when he was holding both the Klitschko's head, uh, severed heads on it, I mean, just trying to guarantee a bigger purse to create injury, generate interest, and there's that. I mean, I think it's, it's just going too far. I don't think this was a case much of trying to create an interest. I think there was a lot of, I think for David Hay, he he's a master. I mean, a lot of people think, oh, he's just rude, he's crude, and he doesn't, he's just being offensive. He has no care. I think he he knows in his head what he's doing to promote the fight, as you said, trying to get a bigger purse, more audience, increase his money. And to get interest in the fight, he knows what he's doing, and he does it very well. I mean, he manages to get people interested. He's like, oh, I actually want to see Klitschko knock him out. I know I'm British, but what he did was disgusting, blah, blah, blah. David Hayes, master at that, and the mind games is good. And as you said, he's he's normally quite polite and civilised, and I think he's just in his boxing mode. He's in, in promoting mode, even. He's, he'd be an excellent promoter for uh, boxing, if you ever want to go down that route. Uh, route. But this think, was just a result of just two egos going up against each other. I think specifically in Chisora, I think Chisora, this was his moment in the sun, and he he, he didn't really have this is his 15 minutes of fame, and he, he didn't have the pre-match hype from the media that Hay did. Hay had the fact that he was a world champion, um, he was a big deal, even when he was fighting Valuev, he had the media behind him, whereas Chisora's kind of just slowly come up the ranks, and he's just lucked his way into a fight against Klitschko for lack of a better term and then as a result of that realising that having lost he's got nothing going for him decided to um, cause this problem and now British boxing is the loser and no one no one's won from this other than the Klitschko not having to fight anyone as everyone pointed out it's such a shame because Chisora fought a brilliant fight as well I mean okay he lost and I think he said at the end something along the lines of we don't experience the beating, and that's a fair point. If Shazora had played, had fought in another 20, 30 matches and then come and faced Klitschko, it could have been a very different outcome. And Klitschko, Klitschko was on the ropes a couple of times. I mean, so he obviously has, Shazora has the talent to perform, but he's let I mean, himself down outside and to some degree in the ring as well. Exactly, I mean, he, he had his tactics right. He never left Klitschko out in the front foot, and Klitschko going backwards has no, generates no power. It's, Especially for it's a man just, of his size. Exactly, like it's, it's just one of those things. If you're fighting Klitschko, you try to get him going forward, and he's the first. So haven't watched Klitschko for the past six odd years. It's the first time it's been effectively done for sustained during a fight. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, he's shown he's an intelligent boxer. And he shows he's known what he's doing, but he just he's just a loose cannon. I mean, it's not much. He, I mean, he's spasming Vladimir Klitschko's face before the fight starts. I mean that. Like the George Best of boxing, massively talented, but just didn't know how to use yeah. it. I think a lot of the boxers are coming up as now. You say Tyson Fury is the next big thing. Uh, there's Nathan Cleverley, who's a, a Welsh boxer, 
who's the only British boxer to be holding a title at the moment. These guys, in some way, can use it, the, this embarrassment of British boxing to their advantage. They say, you know, we'll go out and be good role models then. But that's what Clever has said, exactly that. He's going to go and be a, a role model and basically not be Chisora and Hay. So, that's, in some respect, that's a more advertising for them. It's all, at the end of the day, it's all about money, though, isn't it? It's all about who can get the most advertising, so... I do think some of Chisora's uh, concerns were genuine. I mean, when he started shouting that David Hay ruined boxing for any young fighter coming through to uh, British ranks, because yeah, basically because of him, he Sky Sports dropped uh, pay-per-view. I mean, that's genuine, but obviously his actions were in the con- far. Yes, it may have had a couple of points there, but in the context of how it played out, then it was nothing more than a moron. And uh, they're not worth... I probably won't watch another Chisora fight. I don't, well, I don't know if Hay will come out for a time or anything. I just won't bother with them because I don't want to see them going up and embarrassing themselves and therefore the British viewers. By I don't think it's a case of... I don't think it's blaming David Hay for the lack of box office. I don't think you can't blame him for that. I think it's just a boxing is dying a, a, a slow death, as it seems. There's no interest from a, from a British perspective. Boxing is not what it used to be. The Hattons have gone. All um, Lex Lewis has gone. David Hay talks a big thing, and then he just had disappointing fights. So he, he, he couldn't help it that Harris was so bad, and he couldn't help it that Klitschko was so good against him. I think it's not his fault for the bad. There's also no, there's no big talents out there in boxing at the moment. Mayweather and Papino are probably the only two major talents other than Mayweather, Klitschko. Yeah. And when that yeah, those two, those two, those two will not fight, so we can't get anything from it. Mayweather and Pacquiao are fighting. Well, they don't want another match because there was so much controversy about the last one. Mayweather and Pacquiao. Yeah. They've not fought yet. Is there not something about that? Um, no, no, it's not Pacquiao. It's not Pacquiao keeps losing to somebody, and it's all controversial. Yeah, um, Marquez, I think. Oh, yes, that's it. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, but those two, those two can't can't get a fight together. They can't organise a fight, which is such a shame. Because that would be a really high quality game, uh, game, a high quality match of boxing. Thing though, haven't they um, organised a fight for? I they thought... had a fight organised for July, and Mayweather serving um, uh, serving um, a prison sentence at that time. Yeah, yeah. that's why he's not fighting yeah. at the moment. But um. I mean, I, I, we'll see it. I mean, it's that, that kind of thing. When two greats are in, in one weight class, they will fight eventually. Yeah, that's what I mean. I just, you, well, Mayweather Pacquiao. Pacquiao's regarded as the best pound for pound boxer in the world, and Mayweather's undefeated. I think the big fight is to, that's the fight they're trying to get on. I think Mayweather's ducked him for a uh, couple of years now. I Personally, that is Mayweather's fault um, that he's not fighting. The reason he's not fighting is because he is ducking him in fights, and that's why. Well, he sucks. Um, <laughs> he, he's not he's not fighting Pacquiao until I think Pacquiao's old enough where he thinks he can actually beat him. So I, th- I think if those once those two fight, that's it. There's nothing there for boxing. Once I mean, yeah, and when you're uh, when you're saying when you're saying there's no real talent, so there's no greats at the moment. I mean, every era has its greats, and at the moment the Klitschkos are dominating everything that's coming at them. And I think we could, go, we could do much worse in terms um, than having two multilingual doctors um, that dominate that dominate a um, that are dominating heavyweight heavyweight boxing. I mean, it's not that everybody else is like, terrible. Uh, These guys are unbelievable. It's a bit like um, Formula One in the early two thousands, isn't it? 
being dominated by Michael Schumacher in that case. Not necessarily, not necessarily boring, but a bit one-dimensional. Whereas, so maybe, maybe you never know. Five years time, the same thing will happen with boxing. There'll be a dearth of young talent that comes through, and it'll be exciting and enjoyable again. I don't even think it has to be a talent. I think it just has to be a different people, and I think it has to be close. Because, as Jack said, the Klitschko's are responsible as much as anyone else for why the heavyweight division sucks. They hold, they hold all the titles, they only fight who they want to fight, and they do everything on their terms, and then the most money. I won't lie, they're great boxers, and they, they've reached such a level that they should be able to do this. But at the same time, they've slowly killed off the heavyweight division, and that's why a lot of people look towards divisions with, like, the middleweight division, stuff like that, with all the welterweight, with Hatton, Pacquiao, Mayweather, and De La Hoya, who were all big fighters in their respective weight categories who are all willing to fight and there's just much more entertainment there because they're all good and they're all equal and they're, yeah I think Klitschko's and just a general lack of talent and a lot, a lot of things, the thing with Klitschko's is they have fought anybody with master fights and people who and there's been people where there's been times when they when people have said oh yes this person has a, cha- a realistic chance of beating one of the Klitschko's they go out and they get more, either mauled on points or knocked out and we, like we've seen it with Hay People were speaking of his chances before that fight, and he got just demolished on points in the end. Mm. I mean, it's just, the, pr- the problem is there's so much hype about some of these fights, that, and then Klitschko's keep winning, that now people are like, oh yeah, there's no talent in heavyweight bo- uh, boxing, Sim- and they fight who they want to fight, simply because they just dominate everybody, just that good. Yeah, because, well, they were supposed to fight... Um with Pacquiao, but that's as I said, fallen through. Now he's fighting Miguel Cotto, his member, and that's I think that's the last. That's that'll be the biggest non-heavyweight fight of all time once those two finally get it on. And I think that will be almost it for boxing. Uh, I don't want to say that, but I feel MMA and UFC specifically is growing into a lot bigger sport because it has it doesn't it doesn't have the personalities yet, but it has so much more to it than. Uh, than the rest of well, than boxing does now, I think. For me, anyway. I, I was when I'm watching boxing, I do quite enjoy watching um, the Olympics boxing, which is a nice link into the next topic if you want it. But uh, um, the Olympics boxing is basically just amateur boxing. That's all it is. But you see it in its in its raw, pure form, and then you because you go out there and you see you know Hayweather, Hayweather, Hay and uh, Shizora making embarrassments of themselves. And you think, well, you know, what's the point of this? What's the point of watching boxing? They're just going to make a mess. And then you go back down to the raw levels, and in this case, it's the Olympics that I'm saying, and it's just pure boxing. And then it's 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 a joy to watch almost. It's almost, you know, they're taking fighting in an art form. And the rules are very. I didn't realise this, but the rules have more or less stayed the same ever since boxing was introduced. There's not really been much of a change in it, which is which says how good a sport it is, how pure a sport it is. So hopefully. Uh, I don't know. Hopefully, we will see an improvement in the quality of person in boxing. Maybe not necessarily boxing. Maybe the quality in boxing itself. Yeah. So I think we now should finish up with Akmal of the week. Who's got any nominations for Akmal of the week? I nominate all siblings of the name Akmal for their abysmal keeping over the England-Pakistan series. Numerous drops. Um, even Adnan Akmal, who is a proper keeper, and he was still very average. So, uh, that's my nomination, anyway. 
Is it a bit of a cop out to give Akmar of the week to an Akmar? Well, we've done it. We've done it before. That's where yeah, Akmar came from. That, that was for his namesake. This is true. We really well, give it to. You boys have a better suggestion. Go for it. I would say Jasura and Harry for what they did to Dashboard Team. It was more last week, but we've been F1, away. F1, you've got the casting right then. Chisora and Hay or all Akmals? I'm probably, I'm probably have to agree with the Chisora and Hay one. Mm. Here. Who democracy? <laughs> this was it, if this was in live slug, it would be a dictatorship and I would win. Well, how, about, uh, how about Nuke, Nuke for not being able to do an intro without being incompetent? <laughs> I vote, I second that. <laughs> There we have it, Democracy. Nuke, you are Akmal of the Week. The Akmal of the Week is Derek Jasura and David Hay. <laughs> no, no, it's Nuke 868. We've just decided that it's Nuke 868. The, the, the official Akmal of the Week is Nuke 868. This is the thing. No. I, you forget. I edit this. <laughs> True. I cut this out. <laughs> I forgot the You've got a giant bag. So, you know, like, once we get the live episode, it's in. But uh, at the moment, I'm 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 not. I'm, this is fine. Once we read the, the unedited intro part, we're fine. But that, that's when you'll be able to nominate. I can't wait for that. That's gonna be so good. Yeah, because you're gonna interrupt me. Everyone's gonna see that when I do, when I do intros, that I, I do it fine, and then you like, just come in and start like interrupting me. Yeah, the Cameron and which uh, which Akma do you hate? Let, let, let the, uh, I hate all of them equally for the, all of their equal incompetence to keep in. But there's got to be one you hate, one you hate more than the others. No, if they're all equal. I don't hate Cameron because he gave us. If we give Akmal of the week to Shizora and Hay, we can give Akmal of the week to all the Akmal brothers. No, I'm compromising. It's the Cameron Akmal of the week award. That's a full title. But, because there's two Akmals of the week... I think we should call it the Cameron and... Very well, we'll call it Adnan, then. Adnan for being the latest of the incompetent line. Uh, the Cameron and Adnan Atwells of the week are... Uh, Chisora and Hay. Okay, I'll go with that, yeah. For their disgraceful actions in the post-fight conference. Thank you very much for listening. Hooray. See you next week. Hey. It's done yet. <laughs> Insert sports phrase here. Oh, and like our Facebook page.